filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Hey, hey, welcome in. <laughs> I had a it's squirrel die in my car. That's bad. It's filibuster. <laughs> it it ate my re- wires and made and I had to pay thousands of dollars in repairs because it ate my wires. Hey, hey, welcome in. It's filibuster, the black and red united and interrupting car people podcast. I'm Adam Taylor. Joined as always Adam. by Squirrel in his car, Ben Bromley, and Ants in his car, Jason Anderson. They're and neither there. of us are car people. You are tonight. You're the one who insisted on talking about your car on the, the podcast. Ants are that currently makes you... in my car. I know I did not the clean squ- them all out. I couldn't find them all. The squirrel dark, was in it was raining. Call, it was, I had to give up. The squirrel was in a car I owned uh, ten years ago and uh, did not survive the experience. We're all from blackandredunited.com, where I swear we talk about soccer and not wildlife and automobiles. I don't know. Later in the show tonight, we're going to talk to Christian Polanco. I hope we talk about soccer um, and and not wildlife and automobiles, but who knows? Uh, we're, we're also going to talk about all the news, none of which is related to wildlife and automobiles. It is all related to DC United. We're going to start the show with that. Um, before we get to it, though, please tell me what you're drinking, guys, and don't mention your cars. Ben. Yeah, you, you have to tell us which one you're addressing. Uh, I'm drinking Irish whiskey. I'm drinking uh, straight uh, Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey because I wanted, a li- I wanted a little, I wanted to spice it up, but uh, I'm cheap. And uh, yeah, but I mean, Tullamore Dew is a good Irish whiskey. Like, sure, it's nothing to sneeze at. Jason. Uh, so before the show, and Adam and Ben got to watch my reaction to this uh, liquid uh, that I ingested. Um, a friend of mine gave me a beer uh, that he didn't like, but he was like, "Yeah, I drank it. I drank this like super salty Goza right before drinking this one, so I think my palate was bombed out." But I don't know. But I, I, I figured, like, maybe you would want to try it. And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll drink the weird beer. Um, so I kept that, had it for a few days. And I was like, the show would be the perfect time to open this beer. So I thought of that, like, yesterday. I came up, I poured it as we were doing our pre-show, and I had one sip, and it was revolting. Uh, it was absolutely horrific. Uh, it tasted like wine vinegar. So I'm not drinking that. Um I am drinking uh, El Padrino de Mi Tierra's Reposado Tequila on the rocks because uh, I had to dump that beer down the drain and rinse out my glass and get back up here so that we could start the show on time. So, uh, are you worried thing... about? Are you worried about the structural integrity of your drain pipes now that you've poured that I beer mean, down it? Yeah, I, I hadn't thought of it until just now, but yeah, probably. Um, that's another <laughs> another problem. Uh, ants in the car and. Uh, 
poison down the drain. Uh, who knows? Who knows what's next? We made it almost all the way through. What are you drinking? Without mention of it, the ants or the squirrel, and yet here we are. They're in my I'm car. Drinking... Ants. <laughs> right now. They? Right now in his car. I am drinking an Erdinger Weissbier, or Weissbier, um, that that my wife picked up at the the surprisingly well-stocked liquor store here in Frankfurt. So uh, that's what I'm drinking. Uh, I do have a correction. Frankfurt for... where? I don't, I don't know if they, they, I don't know if we have in this timeline told people where you are. I am in Frankfurt, Kentucky, the state. Not capital. Frankfurt, Germany. Not, not Frankfurt, Germany, Frankfurt, Kentucky. Um, and I think I, I mentioned on the last show that I was, I, I, I'm here in Kentucky. And last week I was drinking a Penny Ryle pale ale which I said was named for a politician and my, my lovely wife, uh, my wonderful, smart, kind uh, spouse told me, in fact, she scoffed at me and sent me a Wikipedia article about Penny Ryle uh, because I was very wrong. It's not named after a politician. There's a region of Kentucky called the Penny Ryle, which is a, a transliteration of the Kentucky pronunciation of Penny Royal. So they took Penny Royal, and then Kentuckians pronounce it with their accent, Penny Ryle, and they spelled that Penny Ryle. The Penny Royal is a type of flower. The Pen- Penny Ryle is a uh, a region of Kentucky named after that flower. And where, so that's what in, the Pale Ale is named for. Where in Kentucky is it? It is the part of western Kentucky that is east of the the Cumberland River. So the the little part at the very western edge that sticks down and has the land between the lakes, that's Jackson Purchase. Things east of that, but west and south of the bluegrass would, region, are the Penny Ryle. Would Paducah be the Penny Ryle? Yeah, Paducah, I think. It's either in the Jackson Purchase or the Penny Ryle. My Kentucky geography is not that strong. Uh, I know I'm in the bluegrass region right now, but... Should we just have your wife on this podcast? Instead? Yeah, probably. I mean, she's she's a lot smarter than I am, so I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, not even drinking the Penny Rod tonight. I just needed to correct the record. Um, but DC United played their final preseason game of 2021 over the weekend. It was a one-to-one draw that- at Red Bull Arena against the Metros. Um, but nobody down anywhere could watch i guess some fans got into the stadium and yelled some things at julian gressel that made him feel happy to be cussed at because he likes the idea of fans in the stadium and who doesn't um but they didn't stream it there was a radio broadcast that i was able to listen to a little bit of but it was not very descriptive so i have no idea what actually happened other than eric sorga scored a goal and uh trialist gave away a penalty so that's uh it remind you of the last time we had a radio only situation with DC United? Uh, were there any ads for a strip club, uh, steakhouse, or a men's rights law firm? No, I, no. I heard no ads, thankfully. Um, and it wasn't in Orlando. It was not to uh, inaugurate a new video board. No, no key players got hurt, to my knowledge. So, nice. you know, thankfully, it was nothing like. The last time DC United had a radio-only uh, extravaganza. But none of us could see it. None of us knows what actually happened. So we're not going to talk about it anymore. Fair? Everyone agreed? That Good, seems reasonable. <laughs> there is much more important news than 
the last preseason friendly. Uh, word was reported today on Monday as we record that Lucy Rushton, the head of technical recruitment and analysis at Atlanta United, who helped build their inaugural roster from scratch. And if you remember, it's a pretty good roster that Atlanta came into the ah. league with. She has been hired as DC United's new general manager. Dave Casper will be moving up a step to president of fo- soccer operations. And uh, I heard that. I heard that. Th- there was there was a slip. I'll admit it. Uh, Lucy Rushton is English, so I'm going to just put that on her influence right there. Um, she is very well regarded, very heavy on analytics, but not at the expense of scouting and everything else uh she had a pod she did a podcast interview a couple years ago with paul carr that that kind of laid out her thoughts on roster building and uh recruitment and uh evaluation of players she literally has a master's degree in measuring player performance in soccer um i'm excited about this hire i really am you should be um literally Every single MLS analytics person that I follow on Twitter was not just like, oh, that's a nice move. They were like, wow, this is a big deal. Um, And the fact that we're, I mean, we're talking about DC United is used to being the team that loses soccer staff to other teams, uh, often Columbus, uh, but sometimes others. Um, (laughs) Their last, their last uh, data analyst or anyone in a data analyst position is now working for the Red Bulls. So um, we are used to seeing talented people get hired here, start here, and then move on to a different club that you're like, like, really, we're losing assistance to Columbus? Like, shouldn't we be able to match that salary? Um, but this is a situation where DC hired a, like, highly respected, uh, important part of the Atlanta uh, soccer side uh, of the organization. They hired someone for, in that level from that kind of club to and come yeah, and here. They probably... And they probably had to pay her a lot of money. I would assume so. Uh, Atlanta, and, it's Atlanta. We, we've, if you guys remember Atlanta's uh, expansion draft uh, room at the Mr. Burns uh, level uh, table that was like 600 feet long with Arthur Blank surrounded oh, by right. uh, gold yes. and, and expensive uh, tapestries and, and other such uh, decorations. It was a very like, this is who we are. We're, the owner is a, a multi-billionaire. He can afford to do stuff like this. Uh, and they hire people and they can win the competition in MLS to hire talented people on the soccer side because they have that money. So I, I don't know anything about DC's process to acquire um, or to, to, to get Lucy Rushton on board to, to sign her to a contract here to work here, but I know it couldn't have been easy and I know it couldn't have been cheap. So we're not used to that with DC United, quite frankly, we're used to being like, hopefully this, uh, budget savvy acquisition sticks around. This is a, a person that's new and maybe they'll stay here for a couple of years. And we, I mean, now I'm thinking of another one. Dane Murphy is now at Barnsley. Um, yep. Like this has happened a well, lot. Yeah, and, and it's nice to be on the other side for once. And I mean, I know we've like Dave Casper has done a good job in certain situations for a long time, but he's been here a long time. They haven't had to like pay market rate for Dave Casper since 2002. Uh, when he first uh, came to the team. So they're paying market rate for a person to uh, take a fresh look at uh, player acquisition and really take a a new direction for player acquisition, concentrating on 
uh, analytics and, and MLS 3.0 or 4.0 and take us to the next level. And obviously Dave Casper is still going to be there. He's still going to be working his magic on uh, uh, player contracts and trades and negotiations, but it's, Lucy Rushton is going to be the one identifying those players. And, one of two, uh, because there's also Stuart Maris is still there as well. This is not right, a, well, yeah, him too. This is another thing where like we're used to one person having the whole department hit with DC United. Right, yeah. And now just the fact that there are two people carrying that weight uh, is that is in and of itself. We're in new territory. And both of them have a data analytics background. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Stuart Maris came in, <clears throat> excuse me, Stuart Maris came in on the player recruitment side and he's now technical director. Um, but he came in and gave a talk to season ticket members about the statistical tools they use, the scouting tools they use. Um, and this was back when they were at RFK even. So he's he's moved up. And so it seems like they are embedding data analytics as deep as it possibly can be embedded into the structure of the front office. And that is very good news from from my perspective because the the teams that have done the best in MLS recently have leaned heavy into data and that's yeah. not just true in MLS it's true in the major leagues around the world um another thing i'm encouraged by is every single atlanta fan who's chimed in on this has basically been pulling their hair and rending their garments because they they don't want lucy to leave um she's like i said very well regarded not just in the analytics community but that fan base understands and knows how important she has been so uh yeah really really good news to and this wasn't even what this isn't even what i thought was going to lead the show because there was good news earlier in the day and then the news was like you think that's going to lead off just wait and before we move on to that i i do i mean we'd be remiss not to bring up the fact that it's the second time a woman in MLS history has held the GM position at any club. And it's the first time since the nineties. Um, the the first time this happened was the San Jose earthquakes in the nineties. And um, as has been pointed out by a couple of the other reporters out there, uh, that GM position in the nineties was kind of more to keep the business running. Like, can you keep the lights on for next season? Um, it was also GM for players, but by necessity, the number of hats you're wearing at that at that time as GM is so yeah. extensive that you're you're hiring a business person first, not a soccer person necessarily. Um, so one, it's it's overdue um, for the league to have gone this long without that kind of hire. But um, DC well, also said they just w- sports in general, like yeah, like we were talking about. It's like there's only the uh, the GM of the uh, Marlins. Yeah, that's it, and that's it. First female GM in major sports. Um, major men's so yeah. sports yeah major men's and, sports you're correct right and and but even even if we extend this out to nwsl the numbers don't get a lot better um right you know elise lahue uh up with uh gotham i almost said sky blue and i didn't so i'm i'm ca- counting my uh counting myself uh i'm getting better um at that are you but, allowed uh, to just call them gotham on first reference or do you have to call them NYMJ Gotham if, FC. If anyone wants to call me to call at tag an FC, they're going to get something obnoxious that isn't what they asked for. So they might as well just <laughs> accept Gotham. I just um, meant the states that that go in front, the NJNY. Oh, I don't know. I've already mixed that up several <laughs> times because they. This is a different problem for a different show. Um, but the point is that there, the the number of um, women getting hired for these positions has been really unforgivably low across the sporting world. Um, and DC said last year they wanted to be 
a progressive team in a lot of ways. And it was like, okay, well, you got to do something then. You can't just be saying it because then you're a liar. Um, and they have backed it up. Uh, we have to give credit. It's been uh, – it's two in a row now that they've been yeah. – you know, Danita Johnson. And yeah, now. you know, the these hires that are not just good hires for the business or the soccer or whatever, um, they are also not just saying like, well – Let's go to the normal list of the normal people that we always, that every MLS team always looks at. Um, they went outside of that, uh, which is, I think it's important. It's, it's really vital. If they want to continue to walk the walk, they have to continue looking outside of the normal MLS circles. And, and it's not that they said, no way we're looking at any normal MLS people. We know from, I think Steve Goff reported that Amos McGee was yep. um, someone else they interviewed who's been around. He's been here. Um so it's not like they said, we're not going to look at the normal MLS circles. They said, let's, you know, make sure we're doing that. And also um, looking, you know, maybe being a little little less hidebound by these old ways of doing business. And, you know, w- what a surprise. It actually turns out that these are really well-received moves, not just because it's like, oh, good, you hired some woman. It's these are highly qualified people that they've brought in and they're backing up some talk that, I have to say I was a little skeptical as to whether they were going to back it up or not. Um, so it's, it's nice to see that it's not just, um, it's not just, it's positive that they expanded the soccer side. That's a big deal, but it's also nice that the club is actually following through on a promise that was a, is a big promise compared to what we're used to here and also what we're used to around the league. Yeah. And, and just like, if you hire somebody from who built the original Atlanta United, like, you just do that. You just hire that person. Like, yeah, I yeah. think this, we, we've talked about Hernan Losada and how there's going to be growing pains as the team learns his system. The key is going to be to like committing to the system longer term, not just for this year, but have a multi-year time horizon to acquire players, to build the system to to align the academy or the or, or Loudoun United with the system. And this hire is the kind of hire that does that. She did an interview with Paul Carr, I mentioned, where she specifically talked about like when they were setting up Atlanta United, they knew how they wanted to play and they built that into the DNA all the way through. And they they hired a coach that it didn't work with, but that's probably because he was a bad coach and a great job interviewer more than they they misunderstood what what it was they wanted to do because they went out and they hired Gabby Heinze afterward. So mm-hmm. um, I think this is this is the kind of GM that can implement a vision, and that is what DC United needs if they want to lift trophies for years to come. So I'm 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 stoked. I'm really excited. Yeah. Uh, the other news uh, coming from the business side of the operation, Danita Johnson with her first big uh, public facing development since she took the reins of as, as president of business operations. And uh, just like the other news, this is really, really good. DC United has a two year deal now with NBC Sports Washington and Telexitos uh, with free in market streaming on DCUnited.com. Uh, the games will be broadcast in English and in Spanish. Every game will be televised. If it's not on NBC Sports Washington, it'll be on their Plus channel, uh, their Overflow channel. So if the the Wizards or the Caps are playing, then if there's a conflict, DC United will get bumped to the second channel. But every game will be broadcast on cable, and every game will be available in the immediate metro area. 
for people who don't have cable, or even if you do and you just would rather watch it online, stream it on dcunited.com. Um, every game will be broadcast in Spanish on Telexitos, uh, which is Telemundo's dot two station, their, their digital station. And that means it's over the air. All you need to watch DC United now That's on huge. TV is an antenna and you can watch it in Spanish. And that is amazing. That is something we've been calling on this podcast for, for years. And it's finally happening. Uh, Close to so, a decade. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it, it, major props to Danita Johnson. I have zero complaints about the way this, this deal is set up. Uh, Dave Johnson will be back on the call in English with Devin McTavish. Um, Telemundo play-by-play guy Moises Linares will be doing play-by-play for Telexitos. Claudia Pagan, uh, who you all know from dcunited.com. And if you don't, go check her out. She's doing great work for, for the team on, on social media and, and online. She's going to be doing sideline reporting in both languages because she's a badass. Um, yeah. Like, nothing to complain about in this. I'm just, I'm over yeah. the moon right now. <laughs> It's it's great. Like us, like like you said, Adam. You've been you've been harping on this for basically as long as this podcast has existed. Like the fact that they are over the air in Spanish language is just great. That, that's in any language, huge but yeah, coup. Those two things. Well, yeah, any language, but yeah, it's a huge coup for the team, and that that's a great development. And uh, it, this is far better than the uh sinclair deal it's far better it's infinitely better obviously than the flow sports it's deal. the polar opposite is... it is everything the pol- that the flow sports deal wasn't right exactly as far as fan access and visibility um yeah the only way this would get better is if some of those games on nbc sports washington got flexed onto nbc4 because they are they're run out of the same shop. Right. They they report right. up through to the same structure. If if some of those games got flexed on NBC four and they they scheduled them right after the the national Premier League game, the nationally televised Premier League game, like early afternoon, I would just I would probably fall down and faint because that would be so. And hard. who knows if if DC United is kicking butt? There's yeah, a, a, a non zero chance. There's a non zero chance of that happening. When. And something else that, you know, speaking of our broadcasting complaints that go back many years, um, there's a marked change here in getting NBC Sports Washington and Comcast. It's always been a great broadcast. Um, We've always known going back, way back, going back even before our friend Sebi Salazar was even hired by uh, what was then CSN. Um, Always a great broadcast. Never a problem with that. It was the problem was always that they would, their contract would be for like 24 games and then there'd be a handful of national TV games. And then there'd be seven or eight where it was like, good luck, uh, good luck dummies. Um, And DC would always say like, well, they have the option of putting them on the two channel um, that would never, ever get followed through on or like, oh, they might add one at a later date. And I I can remember like two or three times or one did get added later. Um, They they would always have to broadcast them on their website, and that would be the only broadcast. But, but you know, it was always this thing where, yes, it was a deal with uh, an outlet that actually treats the product with respect and has the skill to put uh, a great, you know, great visual product as well as the announcing as well as all the other stuff. Um, But ultimately, it was DC was just filling airtime for them. and you could feel you can feel that when when push comes to the shove, they're like, yeah, you guys are just not going to be on the air, and that's 
for this this week. Too bad. Um, and so that was always to me that was a non-starter with um, whether I would be personally satisfied with a broadcast deal is is the broadcast partner going to show all the games? It's the most basic thing. Like, do you want to show this team's games or not? Yes or no. Um, and the answer was often no. Um, and so to see they're going to do 33 games. The only reason there's not 34 is that DC does have the one nationally televised game. Um, and to see them actually saying like, yes, they're going to be on the overflow channel or whatever the cable, uh, network terminology is, they're going to use it. They're actually going to put the game on that. I think the opener is on that channel. Um, they're going to do that. It's not a thing that could happen. It's a thing where they're saying explicitly, publicly, we're going to do it. If there's a contrast, we're going to have the game. You will be able to watch it on your television if you get the channel. Um, and this, to me, is like the, this is the whole ball game. Um, uh, for so, I mean, it's not the whole ball game because getting the broadcast in Spanish is, I think, just as important as this. Um, but I know I have brought this up over and over again. Um, and so when I was reading the press release, and I was like they're actually going to do it. They're actually going to put all the games on, on a platform that works, unlike Flow Sports, which was a platform that did not work. Um, oh, I just, and, and I, the, and I still fact, see references to Flow Sports because um, there's, they won't William go and away. Mary, my, William and Mary, my alma mater, uh, their, uh, all of their football games uh, are still on Flow Sports. No good. And I'm just like, I just see, I, I don't watch them, uh, but I just see references to it and it just sure. still rises yep. oh, a, yeah. a, a bile of anger in my heart. For, for a few different reasons, some of which I can't get into on a podcast, uh, I am irritated <laughs> with them. So the fact that uh, we're getting, it, it's there, the, obviously the team listened um, and they kind of went after it. it. This wouldn't have happened, like we've, we've seen the team say, oh, we're going to improve the TV deal. And then it's the same um, for most of its existence. It's often just been the same kind of deal. Um, so the fact that they went to the table and actually got the things they needed to get, they have the over the air, they have a guarantee that all the games will be televised in our region. Um, they even kept the the online streaming. Uh, they could have just said like, yeah. well, that's that's done now. They did that anyway. So this is this is the sign of a team that is willing to, you know, put some, put some effort into this and, and push a little more and, and not just the effort, but ability. Um, because I do think some of the time, some of DC's problems in the past was not for lack of effort or interest. It was that they couldn't figure out how to get these deals done. And I'm not talking just about broadcasting. I'm also thinking of the pre buzzard point stadium push. Um, I think there was a lot of desperation to get a deal done, but I don't think they had the chops and that's why it kept not, it kept falling through. Um, There are a lot of things like that over the years where either the effort hasn't been there or the ability hasn't been there. And this is one where they were both there. And now we're, we're sitting here talking about a TV deal where we're not having the same complaints we've always had for the entire nearly 450 episodes of this podcast. We're actually like, no, he got, the stuff that we always thought would be good. The season gets going on Saturday, and I, I just hope this is the beginning of an era of good feelings. I know there will be complaints again in the future, but you know, I'm just looking forward to rainbows and sunshine and rainbows and sunshine. You have to have you have to have sunshine to have rainbows. Well, like only a little bit. Like there has to be a cloud present as well, or else visually you don't have a. 
No, I've I've had a rainbow where it's just pure sunshine. Adam, and, I am, and then Adam, does, this, does this make you on the other side? Does this make you President you, James Monroe? Does this make you President James Monroe if you're talking about the era of good feelings? No, it it does not make me James Monroe in any any way, other than possibly <laughs> facial hair. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. There, yeah. Might be, there might be something there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on before. <laughs> This this devolves further. Uh, there's a lot. Do you have, of do you have comments stuff. about the first party system? <laughs> there's a lot of on-field stuff for us to talk about, and um, we just don't have time right now. Steve Goff no. is tweeting that uh, Ola Kamara may be hurt, and even if he was healthy, he might get beaten out for the starting job this weekend by Eric Sorga. And he's definitely not getting uh, bought out, which none of us were thinking about. So that's a, yeah. a, a so, wild thing to have to uh, declare. Yeah, that's yeah. My "We are not buying out Ola Kamara" T-shirt is raising a lot of questions <laughs> right, already exactly. answered by the shirt. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't have time to talk about this stuff. So here's what we're going to do: we are going to have another episode later this week that we will release on Patreon for our our paying. Uh, members, our patrons, and then um, yeah, they'll they'll get access to it, um, and hopefully there'll be a lot of good info from us there. You know, we got to bring our A game for for our paying customers, I guess. But that's what we'll do later. Before we do that, though, we are going to talk to Christian Polanco from the Cooligans to preview this weekend's game against NYCFC. So stick around; it's filibuster. Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster the 2021 MLS season gets underway this weekend. DC United will finally kick off the Hernan Losada era Saturday night on Buzzard Point against NYCFC. Watch it at 8 o'clock on NBC Sports Washington, Telexitos, DCUnited.com, and ESPN Plus, depending on where you are in the world, of course. To help us get up for the game, we are very happy to welcome back to the program one half of the most indispensable TV show in American soccer, the one and only Cooligans, which you can see on Fubo TV Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Christian Polanco, welcome back to Filibuster. Thank you so much uh, for having me on. It is always a pleasure, and I'm excited uh, that for the 
for the first time in a long time, NYCFC is not opening the season playing Orlando. So it's, it's nice to have a new foe. <laughs> I, I mean, mean we're always happy. Everyone's happy to not be playing Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say, when you're a league and you have the opportunity to create a, a vague rivalry just because two teams entered the league at the same time, you have to play that up, right? I'll say, sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. What are you drinking tonight, Christian? I'm drinking a Heineken. Uh, it is uh, a beer, uh, uh, you know, a league sponsor of Major League Soccer. So am I, am I pitching it? Do I work for them? No, but I got this... Um, I got this Heineken for free. I don't drink much beer. Uh, actually, as I'm tasting this beer, I'm like, man, I really haven't drank beer in like three months. I don't drink. <laughs> uh, so I, I did. This was so. This is a holiday Heineken. This is the festive edition. They are numbered, uh, so pretty exclusive. And I got this from a influencer campaign that I did with Heineken. That and I have about. So I'm going to need to do the filibuster podcast very often. <laughs> I'm going to end up finishing these. <laughs> well, we're, we'll, we'll just make it a weekly thing. Christian drinks a beer on, on filibuster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's jump right into it. Um, the one thing I've learned about NYCFC this winter is that Ronnie Dyla does not think they have enough players. So should we expect to see you and Alexis on the field? on Saturday or, or who's going to play? <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. And that to not, not enough quality players. He's just saying, we don't, do we have 11 to even field a team? Uh, the Ronnie Dyla is um, making essentially the same complaints of every past manager, um, you know, not having the, not being able to bring in the players uh, that that he but that he would want to bring the re the reinforcements sort of uh, necessary. Uh, NYCFC I believe will have I think one DP slot available. Um, they just uh, signed uh, uh, Tiago Andrade. He came from uh, from Brazil, so it looks like at the last minute some reinforcements are going to be coming in. But yeah, most most interviews that you watch with Ronnie Dyla. It's uh, it's it's he's he's not happy about, <laughs> but you maybe go, he's going in with a little pessimism. But even if that's the case, last season, uh, he he got put into in a rough situation, new coach, uh, pandemic, and and kind of made made up for the for the poor start. Uh, and and had you know you, we all remember how the playoffs ended in penalties against Orlando with uh, defending net. Uh, and, and NYCFC not being able to finish. It is a nightmare. Uh, I haven't forgotten and I never will, uh, but I'm, I'm looking, I think a, a lot of people are expecting NYCFC to not do that well this season. And I, I think they're going to, I think they're going to surprise people. Uh, Christian, we got, or maybe I shouldn't say we, I know up in New York, you guys got uh, access to see the DC NYCFC game streaming. I, I had to get a little resourceful to do so myself. Um, <laughs> But one thing I did see in that game, um, and one pl player I've heard a lot about is not in that normal NYCFC mold, where you, normally the attackers are like city football group spots a guy in Romania or something like that and brings him in for quite a bit of money. And instead, um, that the winner in that game was scored by a homegrown player, uh, Andreas Jason. Um, and it sounds like he's not just like a guy that was out there. He might be a starter. So what are your thoughts on him? What is the, What is the fan base feeling about having – you know, this homegrown attacking player being such a big deal. 
I think the um, he played a little bit uh, uh, last season towards the end of the year. Um, there was I don't think anyone knew exactly what to expect. I think with any homegrown, the 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 it, it's it's not I wouldn't say it's necessarily a surprise to to have players break through because James Sands was definitely one of those guys that is now uh, the expectation and it's almost like him being snubbed. But uh, by like either Greg Berhalter or uh, Jason Christ and not making the Olympic squad is kind of there. Um, Andres, at, so from what I've seen, and I've seen what, exactly what you've seen in the preseason, uh, I, I think it's a bit of a surprise. I don't think people expected him to be um, not simply getting assists or scoring some goals uh, of, of, of goals. He, 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 uh, he's like making that key pass uh, to make a difference. So I think the with the with the loss of of Alex Ring, Matarita, the these guys who uh, obviously Matarita's a left back, Ring a uh, 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 six, but to have players like that that can pass, everybody at NYC FC has to be a very good passer, has mm-hmm. to maintain the ball, and to have be able to do that, obviously not a big salary hit. Uh, so I think he's going to, uh, I think he's going to do well. And I think the expectation for him is, is a little bit higher than a lot of fans expected. So going back to the, uh, lack of signings, uh, where do you put the, put the, the blame on that? Is it Ronnie Delia? Is it, uh, David Lee? Is it city football group? Not just, just not opening the purse strings. Like it's, that's a pretty bold statement for a head coach to be making in the lead up to a season. (laughs) Dome Torrent said it at the end of when at the end of his tenure, he said the same thing. He he made that comment about a bear. He basically saying that a bear was his ninth choice striker. Well, before they signed him, which is how do you feel when you're the you're the guy starting yeah. and playing games, and the coach is like ninth. All right, <laughs> well, at least I got a job. Uh, the he um I, I don't know. I I, I think it's a part of me is like as a fan it's like refreshing i'm like he's just keeping it real it's like he's the coach the he's not he's not the only one that gets to decide where um you know to to bring in players but i think the reasoning is one the pandemic two nycfc is playing in 14 different stadiums uh not having not having the the cachet of a of a team you know it's not the new shiny team anymore it's not you know there aren't uh, Pirlo's and Lampard's and Villas, right? These guys, they, the the team is gone in a different direction. And do you, do you really want Lampard back? <laughs> Please, no I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he was uh, he said okay. What are you gonna do? I mean, he, was he overpriced? Sure, but did people go? Uh, you know, was it easier to convince friends to go to NYCFC games because Lampard was there? Definitely. Um, so I don't know. I, like, it, it, I think the because of everything with NYCFC and we saw Don Garber earlier today, just the, he had the question about the stadium, when's the stadium uh, going to happen. And I think this is NYCFC for the next couple of years are going to be the, a more of a scrappy team, right? If they're, if they're bouncing around from, you know, different stadiums and, you know, where's the money going to be spent? Where is the priority going to be put? And it's not going to be on, you know, spending, six seven million dollars on a player i don't think we're going to see that until we get a stadium i mean i know we've been asking this of the new england revolution since the uh beginning of mls but do you see a path forward for a stadium for nycfc right now 
Uh, I see a path. I see a highway. I see every. I, it's right. I know where they're going <laughs> to put it. <laughs> okay, there should be a yellow brick road uh, to that stadium. Um, there, you know, the all the uh, bureaucracy and, and politics of of building anything of that size in New York is not easy. It wasn't easy to get Audi Field. I know that was. Uh, yeah, a, I was gonna a, say we we we, we sympathize, well. even if we. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, for, I we you know we do the TV show on Fubo TV, but I also do a show with NYCFC, and you know we I'm not privy to any extra information that uh, fans are. But the one thing I will say is that the, the the sense I get from everybody who works for NYCFC is that this is the the main thing that they're working on all the time. It's not lost on them that fans are asking about it and frustrated they this is you know priority number one uh, to get a stadium and even you know i'll make jokes to brad sims and stuff like that and he'll be like all right you got me again what are you, i'm doing my job I'm trying my best. <laughs> so, so we have some fun with it but that's the sense i get is that they're doing everything that they possibly can uh, to get a stadium so you mentioned that uh nyc you know no more champagne stars no no pirlo sipping red wine in the the center circle um those big big splashes are gone and now you're moving out to New Jersey for at least part of this year. So is there any conflicting feelings about the fact that you guys are turning into the Red Bulls a little bit? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What a bold statement. (laughs) Got to cause some drama here. Got to, got to see if I can get, get you to throw your beer in my face. It is. um, Look, I, I think you, every, every NYCFC fan may give you a different answer. Some people lean on, um, you know, how this is the most embarrassing thing. Why are we playing games there? Some people are, they understand, uh, you know, and they'll still go to games. Some people uh, refuse to, you know, they people have been public about like, we're not renewing season tickets. And, and you know, I, I can't fault anybody for um, what opinion they have. It, it is, I'm not mad at anybody. The one thing I do know is that, not supporting the team, uh, especially financially, uh, does no good to uh, get all the games back at Yankee Stadium, to get, uh, uh, get uh, our own stadium. So there's, uh, there's, just, there's truly just no benefit to that. So, again, you know, I, uh, Brad Sims put out, sent out a statement and an email uh, being really clear about, like, why games had to be played there. And there's just so many, there's just a limited amount of days uh, of, of schedule uh, availability where games can be played. And there's just, there's just no way to do it. I mean, it's like, it, it's, you either, we, you know, we can't play at City Field. Uh, we can't play at Yankee Stadium. There's certain dates that are blocked off. We're just, I mean, anybody who's upset about it, just tell us where we can play. Just you, you sort it out. Because I don't know how to do it. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, honestly, like not joking, I think NYCFC deserves some credit for actually being upfront about that and saying, look, we tried and just mathematically and physically and geographically, it's impossible to do right this. We're sorry. We would love, we prefer to be in the city, but we live in weird times. And I'm so saying, we're going to, we're going to roll with that because DC United has not always been that upfront and not every MLS team is. Okay. So I just want to give props where they're due the revs. For, for communication. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm just saying, floating stadium in the Hudson. <laughs> okay. Sully yeah, Sullenberger like it, it, Stadium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll look like those, uh, like those, like uh, you know, those like little huts that are floating in the water that couples spend. Their- yeah. I was thinking more like water. So what, what? what if? What if every game? Okay. <laughs> a good uh, movie. Ev- Great. <laughs> yeah, a classic. Uh, <laughs> the, a beloved classic. I'm I'm thinking maybe more along the lines of the old like World Cup '98 commercial, so that every NYCFC home game is three on three, and it's just played the one goal. Um, I don't know if Eric Cantona is available to host, and um, you know some of it will be covering because they, they tossed the guys overboard in that commercial, which is actually thinking back completely nuts. Like you lose the game and you are heaved <laughs> off of like an oil tanker. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's the best idea or, now that I'm saying it out loud. Yeah, go swim, <laughs> or, go swim to Brooklyn. Or, or I'm also thinking of that. I think it was in like uh, Abu Dhabi or Dubai where uh, there was this tennis match like way up in the sky on this like impossibly small uh, uh, piece of real estate where it seemed like people were just going to f- fly off at any moment. And hey, we could pl- just m- recreate that for soccer. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Safety is yeah. our first I went, con- I went consideration Dubai, here. Uh, um, maybe like I went to Dubai like uh, maybe like 12 years ago. And I went to that indoor uh, mall where it's like you can snowboard indoors. Yeah. And I, w- I was like, yo, this is going to be crazy. Let's go do it. I love snowboarding. It was, it might have, it, it might have taken 45 seconds to get to the bottom. It was the, wor- it was just such <laughs> right. a proper world to experience this nothing. Was, that's what, that's what uh, Dubai is. Just like this, this park that looks good in a magazine. <laughs> Uh, so Christian, I, I know, um, you know, we've kind of talked about how there haven't been a bunch of new guys coming in to change the team. Um, so a lot of NYCFC, you, you mentioned Andrade, that's a, that was a new one. Um, I think just today, was that announced? So, um, other than uh, him, two days ago, maybe? two days ago. Okay. I, I like five in the last, like five or six hours in DC, like 900 <laughs> days of news came through. So I don't know what, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Anymore. Um, but uh, I, I'm I'm wondering, you know, this team. There are some familiar faces on it. We saw in the preseason lineup. And for anyone that didn't watch that one, um, you know, Maxi Morales is out there. Uh, Tati Castellanos until he and Junior Moreno decided they were done for the day uh, and and got, both got themselves <laughs> sent off. Um, who else is Who else is going to carry this team uh, now that you know a lot of the bigger names in that attack have ended up going somewhere else? So um, that's a great question, and I'm excited to have the answer when I see them play the first game. <laughs> I think that a big uh, responsibility is going to be put on Tati Castellanos. Um, the, you know, it, it, the, the loss of Alex Ring was a big, big surprise because not only was he a defensive mid, but he was scoring a couple goals, and he, and he could score from outside the box. Um, I, I think – we're going to see that that defensive replacement uh, in James Sands. James Sands can play center back or defensive mid. Um, up front, it is, you know, I mean, Jesus Medina, who has been, you know, that his first like two years were kind of, uh, you know, iffy. This is his time to step up. There's going to be so much responsibility. And as far as the goal, 
he's going to need to do more than he did last season. He did score uh, a couple, and I think there was a a little bit of, um, you know, just the fans feeling somewhat okay with, you know, our designated player who's finally uh, uh, bringing, uh, you know, uh, just some positive results. But the, yeah, he, I, I'm trying to think of who else. But, uh, look, Tiago also, you know, I, I saw the same YouTube highlight with the techno music that everybody else saw. And it's easy to get me, anybody, any soccer fan hyped up when you, when you have one of those. I think if uh, a bear also has to come back, he had an ACL injury. If he's any, uh, if he's anything like how he always was with the team, I think uh, we're in for a, you know uh, a good amount of goals for NYCFC. I, that that's been the the kind of consistent thing, you know, the from from the year we won the Eastern Conference to uh, to even last year, there was a the, you know the beginning of the year was a little rough because of the new coach, but we we score goals when when we need to, and defensively have some issues here and there, but. Well, we ended in like fifth place in the Eastern Conference that season. That's not bad for the mess of of a year that that 2020 was. Maybe zooming out um, because, you know, we're about to start the season. It feels like weird to me. I'm just coming out of NWSL just starting its season. And now it's immediately like as soon as I took one sleep, I'm now like, okay, (laughs) another season opener coming. Um, But uh, that was quite an NWSL opener. Yeah, we only had uh, a bunch of a bunch of wild stuff, and also like this, the opener itself was like the most boring game maybe of the entire year. <laughs> well, yeah, um, but uh, when you look around the league, maybe not even just between these two teams, what are you hyped about with this season? What's actually like got you got you interested in in particular this year? I uh, I mean, just fans in stadiums is definitely uh, one. I mean, outside of you know Texas and Florida, uh, so that'll be <laughs> cool. Um, I I think the uh yeah, honestly I'm I'm I kind of excited about seeing FC Cincinnati. I, I I'm you know they've been the bar is very very low for them. They just need to do, <laughs> they just need to do okay for their fans to not lose their mind. Um but they yeah they do have uh Matarita, they do have uh, uh Lucho Costa. Um they uh they got the other dude from Brazil, I forgot his name. Um Brenner. But, Brennan. Uh, so they look like they'll be a kind of an exciting team. Um, and, and I know Frankie and I, you just got, I think, traded to the Red Bulls. Yep. Um, so they're going to be uh, an interesting team. Austin as well. I think Claudio Reyna is kind of, he's more experienced. Uh, having started NYCFC, I think he'll, you know, the, the first year of for Austin won't be as rough as that first year for NYCFC. Um, or like even into Miami's first year. I, I think Austin will do okay. Um, but there's a lot of like all, a lot of the newer teams are, are surprised. Nashville, I think, is also going to be really, really good this year. Um, so those, um, you know, it, it's it's weird. Even the question is weird because I'm already kind of hyped. I mean, CCL has been great, yeah, uh, entertaining already. Uh, so it, it'll it'll be a good, um, uh, you know, CCL. Usually, we're used to having you know every mls team getting absolutely battered because it's preseason for them but all the mls teams did pretty well uh so i'm excited it's 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 like a nice landing into mls um so so i I think it's gonna be great i'm really happy that we've now had nutmeg on our show oh sorry (laughs) i didn't realize how loud he was yeah Uh, this is his witching hour he usually this is around the time he starts to hump 
Okay, he's <laughs> okay. He's, he's nine months old. He's been humping, and you know what? He he gets loud uh, when, when he's humping. So. You know, I, I'm not here to shame anybody for their their practices. Their, you know, you do you, nutmeg. Go Don't it. let your dad tell you otherwise. Um, before we get you out of here, it's been a while since I've been able to ask our, our traditional final question. Um, so I know Hernan Losada told us he doesn't change what his team wants to do based on the opponent. But if you were to Scott Bakula into his body, quantum leap. You I had love, the game plan. I love these topical references. <laughs> I'm here. We're, we're old, man. <laughs> I am of the moment. Um, if you were to quantum leap into his shoes and you had to go up against Ronnie Dyla in NYCFC this weekend, what would you be focusing on in your game plan? Well, if I was the quantum, quantum leap into Hernan Losada, I would be like, whoa. I'm the hottest dude in the District of Columbia. What am I going to do first? Okay. <laughs> and it wouldn't be trying to decide the roster. Um, <laughs> it, um, it, this, and this is a tough one because it's the first game. Um, but I, I think the, the I, I would say the people to focus on for this game will, will probably be James Sands and, and Maxi Morales. The, the midfield, even in the preseason, uh, doesn't look that out of, uh, you know, they, they don't look too uncomfortable, even with the loss of, uh, of Alex Ray. So I would say if you can make uh, James Sands uncomfortable to, to possibly make him make a mistake, um, that, that uh, will be a good direction. And Maxi Morales, even though it's very difficult, most teams have a lot of trouble just you know, he's too small. That's really the main. I mean, I, I if you've ever played soccer against like someone who's like five three, it's a nightmare. You can't put a body on them. There's no. There can be. They can just get around too easily. Uh, it's not fair. There should be a height minimum, I think, for soccer as well. Uh, you must be this tall to play in Major League Soccer. Um, so I think those two are the main people to focus on. Maxi is always the. Uh, leader of the team, he he he's the point guard uh, and, and directs everything. Most of the time, he's not he's not the guy making runs anywhere. He is the one slowly going to whoever in the midfield has the ball and say, "Give me the ball, you make the runs." Uh, so those are the two guys I would say, uh, you know, to to uh, uh, try to uh, minimize as much as possible. All right, we'll see if DC United can do that this Saturday night when the season finally opens. Christian, thank you for coming on the show. Just in case there's someone who we are the only podcast they listen to because they are very weird, tell them where they can find you online. <laughs> yes, uh, at Chris Polanco on, uh, on on Twitter, at Christian underscore Polanco on Instagram, and at Soccer Cooligans on all social media platforms if you'd like to uh, watch the show. Uh, yeah, we're on every Tuesday and Thursday on Football Sports Network at 8 p.m., uh, and, and also subscribe to the, uh, the, the Fubo Sports YouTube channel uh, as well. That's where all the full episodes of our shows uh, live. Uh, so please, please check them out there. We have a, a bunch of fun shows coming up. Uh, Sarah Spain, owner of the Chicago Red Stars, co-owner of the Red Stars, nice. is going to be joining us soon. Uh, we just spoke to the NWSL Commissioner Lisa Baird. Uh, and we have a bunch of really fun uh, shows coming up. So it's, uh, it's wild. The, the, I, I can't believe soccer players enjoy talking to comedians all of a sudden. So um, I'm having fun with it. Find us, of course, at blackandredunited.com. 
uh, patreon.com slash filibuster if you're interested in supporting us financially or you just want to hear what we have to say about the on-field stuff later this week be sure to check that out find us on twitter at filibuster dcu for the podcast at black and red U for the website we haven't given our personal twitters on here in a minute so let's do that you right don't now. you refuse to do so you specifically I, never refuse to no you specifically refuse to do so adam my twitter oh. handle is at jason dc soccer i'm at the underscore amt i'm at bromley soccer i'm probably going to change mine soon so who knows Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Download, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. Mostly, though, tell a friend about the show. That's about the best way to spread the word and uh, the kindest thing you can do for us. So for Jason and Ben and thanking Christian one more time, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. Ants are in my car. A squirrel was once in my car. I might go with at Steely Adam. (laughs) 